Amen. Well, as I told you, throughout the year we're going to um, have just different testimonies of things that are happening in people's lives because God wants us to celebrate this year and celebrate the year of increase and things that are happening along the way. We've had a little bit of gap since our, our last one because of conflicting services and stuff, but um, there are too many things going on in each service, so we don't want to overdo it. But today I've asked Mark Jacobs to come. Come on, Mark. And he's got something to share with you about what God's done for him. On, on Vision Sunday, we... Uh, on Vision Sunday night, we prayed over your list of things that you're believing God for and standing for. And, and we want to celebrate the manifestation of those things or of opportunities and situations happening and manifesting in your life just to bring encouragement to other people. People need to know when things are manifesting and things are happening. And so today I've asked Mark to share for a couple of minutes just a, a situation that happened. He he emailed this to us, and, and it was, I'm telling you, supernatural what happened there. So. Definitely was. I mean, it was pretty good. Well, um, Make sure you hold that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the whole story pretty much began back in um, November when um, my current girlfriend, um, at the time we weren't dating again yet, um, she was, we were taking a break from our relationship, but um, her bird passed away, and she went through a really, really hard time. She was kind of in a really dark place, and, and God spoke to me. Um, that I needed to help her out and I needed to help her get another bird. So when I went to Michigan for Christmas to see her, um, I gave her $100 to buy a bird. And um, it, she really appreciated it. And I just see her light up. And never, no one's ever done anything like that for her before. And she's never experienced, you know, someone love her like that before. And, and Vanessa just really loved the people here too when she last time she came here and no one's ever loved her like the people have loved her here and um in uh, january pastor was talking about it being the year of abundance and right after he started talking about that um i got a letter in the mail from my mortgage company and they said um, in the letter that we overcharge you for your property taxes so here's a check to reimburse you for what we owe you and it was a check for three thousand two hundred and two dollars yeah i I, my jaw dropped i couldn't believe it i was like shaking i was like this is real i couldn't believe it it was like let me say this (laughs) the irs never gives you anything (laughs) yeah and it gets better then vision night came and pastor bert prayed over all of us and prayed over me and saying, you know, things are going to manifest in my life, one thing after another. And a couple of days later, my mortgage company called me and, uh, and they said, uh, you know, your interest rate is half a percentage point higher than the lowest interest rate on the market. You know, we, we can refinance you and you can save a lot of money. I'm like, shoot, yeah, I want to do that. So um, they started doing, looking into it and everything. And, you know, I, so my, my mortgage payment already dropped, you know, to $822 for the month for my house, which was, you know, already outstanding. And um, they came back and they said, you know, we can take five years off your mortgage if you pay about $20 more. And my current payment now is $845 a month for my house. And they took five years off my loan. Come on. Huh? So. That's big, big news. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So 
And then um, just recently over uh, spring break, I went to go visit Vanessa and over the course of spring break, that's when we decided to get back together again and do the grace of God. I'm backed with the love of my life and I just haven't been happier. I have not been happier. Awesome. Can, can everybody shout amen over that? And you know what? You know where that started? Where it started was with a seed. He sowed that seed of kindness and like you said, their relationship was on hold or whatever and it was set over here on the side. And, but he sowed a seed of kindness into her life over something that mattered to her and, and it opened the door. And, and things like that don't just happen. Oh, that was just the IRS. No, the IRS doesn't just do that. You understand? And the mortgage company doesn't just come and take five years off your mortgage and lower your mortgage payment, you know, $200 or whatever. I mean, those things are supernatural things and they happen because we're in faith and we're believing God for, for these type of things to manifest. Yeah. I just want to share too that Vanessa's going to be here in May, so you all get to see her in May when she comes. Awesome. She's coming May 14th, so she'll be here on the 15th come of on. May. How good is that? Good. Thank you, Mark. Awesome. Give him a big hand. <clears throat> Awesome, awesome. God's doing good things in the lives of the people around the world, but here at Gates of the City, and we're celebrating that, purposely going to continue to celebrate that. So continue to send in your emails. We've got several in line of people that are going to share in the days and weeks ahead. Continue to share things that God has done, because we, you know, we don't want to just pray over things and, and be in agreement about specific things like we were at the beginning of the year and then just be out of sight, out of mind. You know, okay, well, that happened at the first of the year. And no, we want to stay with it and we want to continue to celebrate good things that are happening. Can you say amen? Well, that was a great Easter. Yes, had a great time, great service last Sunday. Um, so I have something that we preach on this subject just periodically in the church here, and um, I've I've had this I've had this word kind of prepared, and I don't I don't know if it'll be a couple of messages or I'll just finish it today. I'm not sure, but uh, um, I've there, there's something important regarding understanding what the Bible says regarding the tithe. There's something very, very important about understanding that, that people need to hear from this pulpit. You need to hear this from me. And you need to understand some things about the tithe because in our society today, if you spend any time on the internet, you can... You can type in the tithe, and there's all kinds of negative things about it. There's all kinds of accusations about the tithe. There's a lot of things that are out there that try to influence people to think that, that what pastors want is your money. The only reason they want you in their church is because they want your money. And I know a lot of pastors, and... I know there's probably people like that. Maybe they're in fear over things, and I'm not judging anybody else. But I don't know very many pastors in my world that think that way. They love people. And tithing is a part of that. And so today, the title of my message, duh, is The Tithe. That's the title of my message. And 
And uh, we're, not, we're not receiving another offering at the end. It's not about you giving as a result of it. It's about you hearing something that you're not going to just hear any, just anywhere. It's something that you need to hear. And, and I actually, I have something that I'm going to share with you today in regards to the tithe that I've never shared before. Because revelation evolves. And there's some things about the tithe that, <clears throat> you know, people... There's a lot out there in, in the Christian world even that teaches against people tithing because they say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, we're going to read mostly New Testament about the tithe because tithing is in the New Testament. But you have to understand how that this whole thing works. Your tithe, it's not you tithing to gates of the city. The tithe belongs to the Lord. And Malachi says that the tithe is to go to the storehouse where you're fed, but you individually still have to see yourself as tithing to the Lord. You have to see it that way, because if you don't, then your money is, a is attached to a building or a place or whatever. Even though you bring the tithe to certain places, to the ministry here in the Old Testament was to the priesthood is where the tithe came to the high priest, you have to see that what you're bringing today is that you're bringing the tithe to the ultimate high priest. And so I want, hopefully, to kind of shut down some thoughts and ideas that people have about tithing so that you can embrace and be connected to the truth of it. It's vital that you're connected to the truth of tithing so you can determine and make your own mind up whether that's what you want to do based on what the Word says. Something about obedience, I was sharing, we had a little baptism class, we're, we're going to have baptism at the end of service today. We had a class on baptism this morning, and I told them in, in that class that obedience is the surest way or avenue to being empowered and blessed by God and the favor of God being on your life as you're obedient, as you're obedient to the Word. I was sharing with them this morning about obeying what the Word says about baptism, you know, being obedient to be baptized, but to get out of baptism what really you're intended to get out of baptism. You remember when in, in the Scripture, and we, we read the Scripture this morning out of Matthew 3, when Jesus went to be baptized by John, and he got to John, and John said, no, 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 I, I need to be baptized by you. And, and, John, and Jesus told him, no, no, what needs to be fulfilled is what is right. And what's right is that you baptize me. And when they were baptized and Jesus came up out of the water, the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Well, he was pleased in a lot of things with Jesus' life. The 30 previous years of his obedience to be raised by his parents and to do the things that were right. You know, to be in the synagogue and be what would be, is what we would consider church life. He was connected to church life. He received the teaching. He grew so that he could be the perfect example of the one that died for us. But one of the, the other thing that I believe that really, really pleased the Father was his obedience to allow John to baptize him. 
Because, you know, he could have gone in there with, with attitude. Hey, I'm the son of God. I'm this, I'm that. I'm, you know, you need to be baptized by me. He could have had that attitude. He didn't have that attitude. And he went and allowed John to baptize him. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, when we're baptized, I thought you were going to talk about the tithe. I am, I'm getting there. But when, but when we're baptized, I'll hold my microphone over here. Um, when, when we're baptized, before you go in and you come up out of that water, he's already saying to you, he's well pleased with you. Before. Why? Because of what Jesus did. Right? And so the baptism, we do that out of obedience so that it's a reminder to us that old things are passed away and everything is brand new. And I have the power to make right choices every day. That's what that's about. And it pleases God when we obey him and do that. Well, the tithe is no difference. There's no difference in that. You know, this could possibly be the only message all year long that I teach on the tithe, but it's important to teach it. Not to receive an offering, but to give you information to help you be clear in your thinking of why you do that. Why you're a tither. I, I'm a tither today. We could sit and talk about it for about two hours. The benefits in my life as a result of being a tither. You know, <clears throat> when you, uh, you know, if you, have a, if you own a car or you are paying a car off, it's mandatory that you have full coverage on that car because if you're making payments, there's a bank or a lending institution that owns that car until you pay it off, right? So it's mandatory that you have full coverage. If you take four years to pay that off, at the end of four years, if nothing ever happened, the whole time that you own that car, you were covered. Amen? And, and there, you know, there may have been things that could have happened that if they did happen, you were covered. Well, that's the way it is with Jesus. As a tither, I'm covered. <laughs> and there's all kinds of things. And you know what? There are times that I don't even know how my coverage has helped me and benefited me because I'm a tither. And I know that. And, it, and when things come against me or things happen in my life or my family or whatever, I, 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 God says, put me in remembrance of the fact that, that you're a tither. Put me in remembrance of that. I remind the Lord, but I remind the devil the same way. No, no, no. I'm a, I'm a tither and you are rebuked in the name of Jesus and I give you no place to operate in my life. I have a right to that. And there's something about that that empowers you to want to be a tither. I, I don't want to skip tithing. You know, through the years, as my wife and I have had difficult times or situations, we've never skipped a tithe. We've never not tithed and paid something else. We've always tithed and, and believed God for the, for the difference and the remainder on that. You know, always. No matter what things were like. I didn't say it was easy to do, always. But we always did it because we had conviction that we knew that the devourer was rebuked on our behalf. And circumstances will change because we're tithers. There's something about that that's really important to understand. But I want to look at Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 8. And then I'm going to read a little and give you a little history of some things about the tithe. But verse 8 of Hebrews 7, I'm just jumping right in the middle of it, and then we're going to back up and read some. It says, here. Everybody say, here. here. Say, here, here. here. No. 
but right here, right now, mortal men receive tithes. But there he receives them um, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. And the he is Jesus. That Jesus lives. Okay? So we receive tithes here right now, and they over there on the other side receive tithes. Over there. And I want you to remember today, and this is absolute truth, that Jesus is alive. Can you say amen? He's alive. He is alive. Now, Jesus is a lot of things. He's our high priest. And he's a lot of things. He's a lot of different things. He's not just what we're talking about today, but he is what we're talking about today. And so we just need to let the scripture say what it needs to say about who Jesus is on our behalf. Amen? So back up to the sixth chapter of Hebrews. And we're going to start with the 13th verse. And it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, this is what he said to Abraham, Surely blessing, he didn't say blessings, blessing. Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now hold your place right there and look at Romans Chapter 4 and verse 18. Romans 4 and 18. Well, look at 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. That's what God had said starting back, if you go and you study this, starting back in Genesis chapter 12. He said, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And he believed when he had no child, and in the natural, his, his, his wife's womb was barren. She had never bore children, and he was pushing 99, and she was about 90. Not the best childbearing years, right? <clears throat> and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, I already told you that, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. God had promised that he was the father of many nations. They had no children. And this was a hundred-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman coming together. It wasn't God overpowering and this and 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 the seed coming from God the Father like it was with Mary it it wasn't it wasn't that type of situation it was the sperm of a man impregnating a woman who was 190 100 years old and 90 years old and they had a child because God 
Abraham. And when that happened is when Abraham tried, quit trying to make things happen and he trusted and believed God and it happened. You can take that for whatever it's worth, but that's the truth. That's Bible. It's right there. We just read it. Amen. And then in Galatians 3, and then we'll go back to Hebrew. Galatians 3. And verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith, who are those? Everybody say me. So he's talking about you. So those who are of faith are blessed, everybody say blessed, with believing Abraham. We're blessed not with all the mistakes that Abraham made, and he made a boatload of them. But we're blessed with the Abraham that believed. Amen? Verse 13. For Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That what? That the blessing, in other words, the blessing of our father Abraham and his ability to believe. Did you hear what I said? Okay, that the blessing of Abraham, the believer, might come upon who? Everybody say me. The Gentiles. The Gentiles, those who were not Jews who believed and were born again. That's what Jesus paved the way for all of us. That, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen? So, we see that what Abraham believed set up for you and I to believe in every promise in God's Word. And I'm going to prove that to you here in Hebrews. So, in verse 13, For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, Multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he attained the promise. Verse 16. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, who are us, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters in the presence behind the veil. There's a lot said there, but I'm, I'm, I'm moving to something else. Where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, the forerunner, the one that went before us, even Jesus, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, you can go back and read the story, but in Genesis 14, we don't have a lot of information about Melchizedek. And some people kind of believe he's just a fair... I, I've had people... Uh, I've read commentary where people just believe that he's kind of like a fairy tale. 
you know, that he was just some example. He wasn't a real person, but he was a real person. And, and he was the high priest in Abraham's day. And you go back to uh, Genesis 14 and you can read the story. It's very short, but it said that when Abraham came out of battle, that he found Melchizedek, saw him on the way, and he paid tithes to Melchizedek. Now, all the people out there today, and you may have heard people, maybe some of this you've not heard at all, that's fine, just kind of overlook it, but I'm, I'm saying this because it needs to be said. There are many people that say that tithing was under the law. So they, 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 they look for excuses. I'm not here to try to get you to not have an excuse. Okay? If you want your excuse, you'll keep it. What I'm trying to do is to get you to see how God wants to bless you. That's, what I, that, that's all I want. And not you seeing yourself paying tithe to gates of the city, but you seeing yourself paying tithe to God. And if this is your place where you get fed, this is the place to do it. But there's a difference in the way that you view it because the Bible's clear that the tithe belongs to the Lord. But there are many people that are, I, I believe, there, there's, a, there's a huge voice out there. Some may know it and some may not. But there's a huge voice out there trying to get people to not tithe. And actually, in the church world, a very small percentage of people are tithers. Very small. And what's happening is they're being robbed of the blessing of God. And that's what I'm here to prove to you today from the Word. I'm not trying, I'm not in, I'm not in, you know, a battle between other, now people can believe whatever they want to, you know. The Apostle Paul said this in a number of different situations when people were, you know, were against praying in other tongues. Paul said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you do. And he wasn't, he didn't have an attitude, he was just saying, I just thank God that I pray in tongues. I thank God today, myself, I'm not saying this about Paul, I thank God that I have the revelation of praying in other tongues. I don't force that on people. I meet with a lot of people that don't believe in praying in other tongues, and I don't, I don't get around them and pray in other tongues trying to force it on them. No, come on, get, get real. You see, I thank God for it, and I want to help anybody that wants to understand it to pray in the Spirit because when you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself up, and the devil doesn't know what you're praying, and you're praying the will of God. There's all kinds of promises tied to that. Well, it's the same way with tithing. I want people to understand the benefit of it. Not like something's trying to be extracted from you, but, but God's trying to get something to you and you don't want to rob him of getting something to you. And that's what I'm here to tell you today. Can you say amen to that? So, like I said, there's little known about Melchizedek in the Bible. There's a lot in history known about him, in church history, but there's very little known about him, but that he was the high priest. Now notice what, notice what that verse in Hebrews 6.20 said, Having Jesus, the, our forerunner, having become high priest, not a high priest, but the high priest, there is no need for any other high priest. He is the ultimate high priest. And it says, Having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, just for the sake of time, I'm going to give you the two things that we know about the order of Melchizedek. There's two things. Everybody say two. Peace. There's two things that we know about the order of Melchizedek. Number one, 
he received tithes. And number two, what we know about him in the Bible, number two, is that he blessed Abraham. And other than that, we know nothing else about him. There's nothing else tied to his order. He received tithes and he blessed. Now think about this today. Jesus is not a high priest. He is the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So what does Jesus do? He receives tithes. Now, he does a lot of other things as high priest, okay? But what we're talking about is Hebrews in the New Testament or the Old Testament? Okay, so this is New Testament, okay? You know, here he receives tithes, and over there they receive tithes, okay? But over there they receive tithes after the order of Levi, after the Levitical priesthood. So remember that. Because of what we're going to read right here. All this will be answered in these next few verses. So there's two things that we know that Melchizedek did that Jesus is in that order. He receives tithes and he does what? He blesses. (laughs) The blessing of Jesus is tied to the tithe? Jesus blessing me is tied to the tithe? Yeah. Because his order was, it didn't say that we don't have record that he blessed anybody else but Abraham. So how does that connect with us? Because he's our father. See? So the faith that we read about that he's the father of in Romans 4 and in Galatians 3, he's the father of faith. And he said, if we believe in what believing Abraham believed and received, then we have a right to receive that also. See? But we receive it through Jesus Christ, who is the high priest. It's only two things that Melchizedek, the high priest in Abraham's day before the law, did. He received tithes, and he blessed Abraham. Think about that. Verse 1 of chapter 7. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and did what? And he blessed him. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part, because the tithe is a tenth part. He gave a tenth part of all first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi, who received the priesthood, like under the law, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, That is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. 
Now, beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Even Levi, even Levi, who is high priest, who receives tithes, he paid tithes. So what happened with the Levitical priesthood is that it changed. The Le- even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, of necessity there is also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to, the, to another tribe from which no man has afflicted at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood, and yet it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. For he testifies, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And there's a lot said there. But we're not talking about the Levitical priesthood that changed. It changed when the law was through. It changed. We're talking about a priesthood that is forever. Amen? And after, notice, five times in chapter 6 and 7, it was talked about that it was after the order of Melchizedek. Two things that we have regarding the order of Melchizedek is that he received tithes, And he blessed Abraham. And today, what Jesus does is, he receives your tithe when you honor him with it. And his blessing, not blessings, but his blessing comes on you and it overtakes you. His blessing comes from the tithe because we honor God with the tithe, not man. We're not bringing the tithe to gates of the city. We're bringing the tithe to the Lord. But God has set up in the world... And in life, organizations and congregations that, that are the church that Jesus is building. And nowhere in scripture did the tithe ever end. It never ended. And in fact, in Malachi, in the third chapter, just turn there. In Malachi, the third chapter. And this is what I want you to see really clearly. And the eighth verse, it says this. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have you, we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me or prove me. In this, says the Lord of hosts, that I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing, not blessings, but the blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I used to teach that, and, and, and I had good intentions when I said it, but I used to teach that it was more of a trying to 
to convict somebody by the fact that they used their money, they were robbing God. And actually, based on the light of what we just read in Hebrews, it's not trying to put somebody on a guilt trip for not paying a tithe. It's getting people to realize that when you're not a tither, you're robbing God from being able to bless you. You're robbing God from the blessing. See, because Jesus is the faithful high priest to you and I after the order of Melchizedek. And the order of Melchizedek is that he receives our tithes and then he blesses. And what Melchizedek blessed was Abraham. What Jesus blesses is the seed of Abraham. And that's you and I. And that blessing opens the door for the favor of God the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, the empowerment of God, the healing anointing of God. See, because tithes are not seed. Tithes are not seed. The tithe belongs to God. And when the tithe is brought in honoring and worshiping God, there the blessing flows. Now hear me when I say this. This is really vital. Because if you don't develop the revelation of that, if you're bringing money because you feel like you have to, there's no blessing flow. See, there's no favor with that. In fact, because I, I was there for a short period of time in the early years of my walk, thinking to myself, no, I, I need that money. And, and I had to walk through that and get the revelation. My wife had the revelation. It took me a while to get the revelation. But when I got the revelation of what I'm sharing you, to you today, then what's been on my life and what's happened in my life ever since then, I, I think when we get to heaven, hopefully God will have videotape up there where we can see what would have happened had we not been. What, would it, what could have happened in my life had the devourer not been rebuked because I believed in being a tither? There's all kinds of things. I don't want to rob God from the joy that he has of empowering me to prosper because the word blessing means to empower. To empower to increase, to empower a person to prosper, to empower a person to have favor and position and all kinds of things in life. There's an empowering that goes with the blessing. God needs you empowered. And there are things, you know, I mean, if you, think of, if you think of the father as a parent, if you think of him as a parent, how many things in your life, in, in your children's lives, have you done to help them and, and you've told them to do specific things in life, okay? And, and what you told them to do, they maybe didn't understand it, but you had their best interest at heart. You knew what the final outcome it would be down the road. Well, that's the way God is. See, sometimes we don't understand, you know, yeah, but why does God expect this and that? Why does God want me to be a tither? Why does God want me to take 10% of my income? You know, what I, you know what I challenge you in? I challenge you in this. I challenge you to put God to the test. He said to do that right there. Malachi 3.10, he said, test me, prove me that I'll not open up the windows of heaven. How would you do that? I've encouraged 
people that came to me. I, I, I'm not, I never, you know, I, I heard the other day, uh, I, I got this email in about this guy that pastors his church, and, and in this church they have, they send out all these reminders about people making these commitments and making sure that they give their money all the time and doing all this kind of stuff. And I thought to myself, I can't, I can't, I can't do that because it's not about the money. It's about the blessing. It's not about the money. It's about people being blessed. And, and how would you prove God? Set a, set a mark or a goal. I'm, I'm going to tithe for three months. If you're not a tither, I'm going to tithe for three months. And if I don't see any change as a result of me taking 10% of my income and, and honoring and bringing it to the Lord, if I don't see any change, then I'm not going to do it anymore. You say, well, yeah, but that's, that's testing God. That's what he said do. I didn't find any other place in Scripture where he said to test him except where the tithe is concerned. And, and you know... The funny thing is, in verse 8, when it talked about robbing God, there, there is a blessing on, on, on offerings and tithing, I mean, I mean, on seed sowing. There's a blessing that's there. But what happens when you become faithful with the tithe is that you'll open yourself up to be faithful to do other things that God said. I'll just say, Mark's a tither. He came up here and he shared, and he's a tither. I'm just telling you, Mark's a tither. Mark maybe didn't want me to tell you that, but it's all right. I'm going to tell him anyway, Mark. But the $100 that he sowed into his, his uh, sideline girlfriend at the time, that, who now has come on in, um, the, the $100 that he sowed into her was a result of the kindness of God that, has been, that was released in his heart to do what God said. When he started talking about a bird at, at the beginning, some of you are thinking, oh my God, what's this story going to be about, about a bird? It was, it, I mean, was that a huge story? Because it, it was something that meant something to someone else. See? Yeah, I mean, maybe Mark didn't even like birds, you know? But he knew she did. And he wanted to bless her. And I'm telling you, the reason he has that is because his heart has opened to do whatever God tells him to do because he's a tither. See, part of what that is, you think about a tenth part. It's 10% and, and you have another 90%. You see, what God, what God wants is for you to allow him in so that the blessing can flow. The empowerment can flow in your life. And when you learn that and it, it's a part of your life, there, there's, there's nothing like it. You know, there's no end to what can happen and the, and the opportunities that can open. But, but because it's not a seed, and everything that is a seed that you sow, if you sow a financial seed that's above your tithe, okay, seeds produce after their own kind. So if you sow money, it produces money. You sow time, it produces time. You, you start giving people, you know, jackets, a coat or something like that. Coats will come back to you. You know, you give, you buy, you start buying people, God tells you, start buying people shoes that need shoes. All of a sudden, shoes will come to you, and you'll start giving shoes away more and more because they keep coming back to you. Seeds produce after their own kind. The Bible says it's real clear about that. But the tithe is not seed. Okay? The tithe empowers the blessing of God to be on your life so that sickness, disease, divorce, division, um, Poverty, I mean, all, all 
of the things of life that try to overtake us, the devourer is rebuked where, you're, where your life is concerned when you're a tither. And you can use that against the enemy. And you can use that against situations. See? So today, my intent and my desire is that you understand how important that God wants you blessed. He wants you empowered, and this is the avenue to it. And it's no different than you expecting something out of your child and then rewarding them later. No difference. You tell your child that, there's, that, that this is expected out of them, and you teach them to understand how to obey and be consistent in their obedience, and then you reward them with things. And I'm telling you, the reward of the tither is the blessing of God, that nothing can rob you and overtake you and steal from your life, and that that blessing makes a difference that in the natural most people don't ever factor in. Well, I don't need to do that, yeah? Because you don't understand. See, there's no way I can't do it because of what's factored into my life. I can't not do it. It doesn't matter. They, come, they could come and take my house away, my cars and everything else. I have to tithe. I have to tithe. But because I'm a tither, they don't take my house and my cars and my things and those kind of... They don't take them away because I'm a tither. You see, because the devourer is rebuked. So I hope you hear me today. I hope that you hear me loud and clear about what I'm saying. Tithing has nothing up front to do with money. It has everything to do with the heart. The money part of it is something that you need to release so that money doesn't control you, but you can control and have money and have influence with your money. God wants you to have that. So something to consider, like I said, we're not receiving an offering after this message or anything like that. It's information for you to be able over time to make quality decisions. And even if you're a tither today, to really embrace the fact that Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek and the order of Melchizedek is that Jesus receives your tithes and the blessing flows. Amen? So receive that today.